demystified. You're listening to another episode of Straight from the Suburbs. And now your host, The Crypt Keeper. Welcome back to the Straight from the Suburbs podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. I am the Crypt Keeper, and you are in the crypt. Beliefs abound in the city of Ottawa. You can relate and discover numerous paths to follow, all depending on what veil you decide to lift. Ask and you shall receive is an old adage tied into many spiritual beckonings, but be spiritually aware on what you request, as sometimes what answers may not be who you called out to. The path to hell is paved with good intentions rings true to our latest odd occurrence to be discussed in the crypt. What happens in the preceding mystery started on a righteous path, although maybe a bit fanatical, trickery afoot as a man leads his family down what he perceives is the right path of light, only for his direction to be blindsided by what I perceive as a dark, evil, left hand turned downward, a spiral that the patriarch perceives as correct despite his loss. All of this happens just outside of Ottawa, in the small town of Palmer Rapids. Welcome to the crypt, everyone. Welcome to the strange death of Violet Goglin, the day the devil came to Renfrew County. Nothing good happens at 3 a.m. Occult-wise, spiritually taken, 3 a.m. is known as the devil's hour. It's believed that this time strange things happen which include free passage of two dimensions. This is believed to be the time when the line between the living and the dead thins down, and also when the Grim Reaper decides on your fate. If you wake up at 3 a.m. for no reason, it means the devil paid you a visit in your dreams. So, on the morning of August 29th, 1948, when 23-year-old Viola Goglin woke up, she woke up with a start. Whatever the case, some mysterious force compelled her to get out of bed, slip out the front door, and wander in a stupor into the darkness towards the raging Madawaska River, where she knew, through some possessed supernatural hunch, she would find her little sister. The Goglin family was a large one. Mother, father, and their 11 children rustically lived on a farm deep in the woods, close to Palmer Rapids. The once Catholic family now practiced an alternative style of worship that their father, Henry Goglin, had created. Although steeped in Christianity, the Goglin-inspired practice crossed the line as fanaticism. The Goglin family had left their already over-the-top evangelical church in Palmer Rapids, and for five years, the Goglin family worshipped at home, in their own way. They adhered to their own brand of family religion based on their father Henry's interpretation of the Bible. Every Sunday, they held their own private and mysterious worship services in their home, during which the repeated chants of, Praise the Lord! bellowed through the forest. 
During these services, Viola and her younger sister Violet received what their father called a blessing. During these incidents, the Goglin girls, seemingly possessed by some otherworldly force, screamed and contorted themselves feverishly, praising for hours. Henry Goglin, in a stupor himself, encouraged and fanned the flames of his own devoted passion, believing that his girls' involuntary actions were directed by the Holy Spirit. On the night of Thursday, August 26, 18-year-old Violet Goglin received another blessing. She fell possessed into a trance-like state and began convulsing and contorting and praising over and over and over. All the while being encouraged by her hazed out yet delighted father and siblings who all appeared to have been taken over by some unknown otherworldly spiritual force. Young Violet and her fanatically charged up family maintained this performance all throughout the Sabbath, hardly stopping to eat or sleep. For three days, the farmhouse resounded with their incessant cries of praise the Lord. On the third day, August 29th, at 3 a.m., Violet suddenly left the farmhouse and headed for the Madawaska River. Her sister, Viola, followed close behind, prompted by some strange urge. Viola reached the riverbank shortly after her sister. Through the gloom of the early morning and the hazed fog of her possession, Viola witnessed Violet in a trance, wading into the river. Over and over, Violet cried out, Faith is victory! Now, during my research, I discovered that this phrase, faith is victory, is from the Gospel of John. John was the Baptist and often used rivers to baptize devotees. Was it that Bible verse that prompted young Violet the desire to use the Madawaska River to baptize herself again, as she was already baptized as a child? Or was it some sort of demonic trickery used to possess and lure Violet to her impending doom? Viola, in a spiritual trance, watched as Violet walked farther and deeper into the river, all the while cryptically repeating the same droning incantation as she went. Viola knew full well that her younger sister was unable to swim. However, she made no move to intervene. Viola remained transfixed on her unwavering sister, in a haze of belief that Violet's actions derived from the divine. Soon, she found herself urging her sister onward, and as Violet deepened herself in the watery abyss, they both chanted loudly in unison, Faith is victory! When Violet was neck deep in the water and showed no signs of slowing, Viola snapped from her stupor. She broke free of the paranormal possession hold and twinged in panic. Viola made a step towards an old rowboat. She wanted to save her sister. But as suddenly as she snapped out of her trance, the demonic possession returned to her and snapped her right back, repossessing her under its evil, vice-like grip. The otherworldly force held her back from the lifeboat and returned her to the water's edge as she witnessed Violet's head disappear beneath the dark water. 
sealing her fate. There was no frantic thrashing, no muffled cries from underwater, but most creepy of all, no help offered from the older sister. Viola stood by the water's edge for some time, immobile, but Violet never resurfaced. Upon returning to the farmhouse, Viola related the events surrounding Violet's disappearance and demise to her father. Still tranced out, the father, Henry, did not exhibit sadness, nor fear, nor rage when informed of the terrible news. No, Henry Godlin was overjoyed. He spoke proudly and was elated that Violet received such a blessing. Later that day, Henry and his son, 28-year-old Bart Goglin, found Violet's lifeless body floating on the Madawaska. Together, they fished her corpse from the river and buried her on a lonely hillside near the family home. There was a trial, and each member of the Goglin family testified, but all seemed to remain under the same sort of ungodly possession. They were calm, too calm and mostly responded with Bible verses and quotes from their father's take on Christian beliefs. Ultimately, the bewildered jury ruled the death as accidental, but everyone in the hall believed that a supernatural force had impelled Violet to wade into the water that early August morning. The church spoke out against the Goglin family belief that it was the Holy Spirit that called out to Violet to enter the water and countered that the godly, the Goglin religion family belief by quoting Levictus, 1821, that human sacrifices have always been abhorrent to God. There is no instance in all of God's dealings when he required a human offering. Their commentary ends with a chilling suggestion that if a supernatural entity did indeed compel Violet Goglin to drown herself in the Madawaska River, it was not the Holy Spirit, but more likely an agent of Satan. Here in the crypt, the crypt keeper believes that poor Violet was maliciously tricked into killing herself by evil forces. It surely did not help that all 13 members of the Goglin family were tricked and possessed by an evil domination. The Goglins were easy prey for the devil, alone in the woods, all following an apparent unrighteous path. Despite Father Goglin's misguided good intentions, he may have fancied himself as a messiah and upset the spiritual balance by more or less creating his own church and brainwashing his family into his own fanatical beliefs. As always, the Crypt Keeper has looked at the number combinations. Check this out. 13 godly, sorry, 13 Goglin family members. Everyone knows the belief that 13 is an unlucky number. Friday the 13th, anyone? Furthermore, in tarot, the number 13 brings the test, the suffering, and the death. It symbolizes the death to the matter or to oneself, which is exactly what happened. The number 13 also represents femininity. It can represent Violet in this case, as she was the female in question who was lured to her death. Biblically, it was Judas, the 13th disciple who tricked Jesus into eventual mortal death, just like the unknown trickster demon that used the Goblin family faith 
into allowing their daughter to be lured into self-sacrifice. Also, the 13th chapter of the Revelation is reserved to the Antichrist and to the beast, who subsequently may be the trickster involved in this mysterious death. Further investigation led me, the Crick Keeper, into looking into the family name, Goglin. I, I've never heard that surname before, and when I googled the meaning behind the family name Goglin, it came up with nothing, and instantly reworked the search into Goblin. I'll be honest, listeners, it creeped me out. The family name also reminded me of the biblical evil of Gog and Magog. For those who don't know, Gog and Magog are prophesied as evil forces opposed to all that is good. They were two primitive humanoid creatures made of rock and sand who became ancient warriors of the devil from biblical lore. Together, they bring the end of times, the end of days, the apocalypse. Surnames are explanatory of one's history and background. They mean something and act as a showcase of your ancestors. Does the Gog and Goglin represent the evil of biblical Gog? Was the surname Goglin derived from the evil fraught by Gog himself? Were the Goglin family doomed from the start as a result of their infamous and cursed name? Maybe so. During my research, I learned that Magog means of the land, where Ma acts as the land possessive of. That blew my mind when I realized that there is a town in the Quebec Eastern Townships called Magog. I've been there, and it's not as it is not too far from Ottawa. Surely many listeners in the crypt have been there too. Why would someone name a town after pure evil? It may as well be called Village of the Damned. Is Ville Magog cursed? Well, it sort of is. Come to learn as well that supposedly there is a snake-like lake monster terrorizing Lac Magog and the inhabitants of the town of Magog. Think back, Crypt. Who disguised himself as a snake in order to trick Eve into his attempt to bring down all humanity? None other than Satan himself. That biblical story eerily mirrors what happened to poor Violet Goglin that early August morning as she was tricked into killing herself, undoubtedly bringing down and ending the family Goglin existence. Big thanks to Canadian Mysteries, Occult Number Significance, and the Winnipeg Free Press, circa 1949. And of course, our show sponsor, A Squared Hairstyles. Hey, why be A1 when you could be a squared. I am the Crypt Keeper signing off. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay suburban, stay mystified. Mm-hmm.